This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. Rosen traded to the Dolphins. I couldn't be more excited to become a Dolphin. Rosen looking down the field, and his pass is going to be caught for the touchdown. Welcome everybody to Fin It to Win It. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, and today's episode has been brought to you by Indochino. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more, and everything is made to your exact measurements for a great fit. Plus, you get to personalize all the details, including your lapel, lining, and your own monogram. R.J. Barrett's brand new collection with Indochino Just Drop featuring limited edition fabrics and jacket linings, R.J. helped pick out and design himself. Indochino's process is simple. Choose the fabric, pick your customizations, and submit your measurements. Your package will be delivered straight to your door within two weeks. You can get measured and design your suit at your nearest Indochino showroom, or do it all yourself online at Indochino.com. Right now, you can get $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more at Indochino.com when entering Blue Wire at checkout. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com promo code BLUEWIRE for $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more. It's an incredible deal for made-to-measure clothing. You really have no excuse not to wear clothing that doesn't fit. Let's get down to business on today's episode. So it's been a hot sec, huh? I'm super stoked to be back in the saddle here with Finn to win it. Last week was, let's just say, a crazy week. If you're not familiar with me and my background, I am, at heart, a Dolphins fan, but also a draft guy because of the Dolphins' last two decades of existence, right? And my full-time job is I work for the Draft Network covering college football, the NFL Draft, the NFL, uh, focused on the intersection of all of those events and the epicenter of the football world for teams that are not competing for a Lombardi trophy. This past weekend was Tuscaloosa, Alabama, Uh, LSU, Alabama, LSU won on the road in Tuscaloosa, 46-41. And the Draft Network did a live show there before the game, kind of spotlighting the battle of the quarterbacks involved as the top two quarterback prospects for my money in Joe Burrow and Tua Tunga-Viola. Going head-to-head, teams ranked number two and three coming into the game in the college football playoff rankings. This was effectively a college football playoff game in early November featuring the top two quarterback prospects who should both be top five picks in the NFL draft in 2020 when it's all said and done. Kind of a big deal. We went. We did a show. It was awesome. But that unfortunately came at the expense this past week of me really getting something rolling for uh, Dolphins Wire, which works out well because the Dolphins, I'm in the airport on Sunday afternoon, 
and I watched the Dolphins freaking win and beat the Colts for a two-game win streak to give the Dolphins the longest winning streak in the AFC. What weird times we live in, right? Three weeks ago, the Dolphins were tanking and uh, morally reprehensible and disgusting and, and a shame and, and a disgrace to the National Football League. And now they've won two games in a row. So I really, I genuinely hope Steve Young watched every snap of the Colts game. I hope he watched every snap of the Jets game. I hope they're paying attention. Because if you want to tell Brian Flores that the Dolphins are tanking, he hasn't gotten the memo yet. And that puts Dolphins fans in a bit of a bind, a moral dilemma, if you will, because Dolphins fans are now going to ask themselves, well, what the hell are we going to do? We can't even tank right. The team is supposed to be bad, and now we're winning games we're not supposed to. We still have to play the Jets again. We still have to play the Giants, who are 2-8 and eight, look like a train wreck. We still have to play the dumpster fire Cincinnati Bengals. This team's going to win themselves right out of position and draft a quarterback. In most teams' rebuilding case, you have something to be worried about, but I'm going to tell you right now, the Dolphins do not have to worry about winning themselves out of position. There's a couple reasons here. First and foremost, most teams who are rebuilding have not already successfully stockpiled five first-round picks in the next 18 months. That's what the Dolphins have. They have three first-round picks this year and two first-round picks next year. They have two second-round picks in each of the next two years. So in between the first and second rounds, the Dolphins have nine picks over the next two years. The average team probably has four and a half. So the Dolphins have twice the amount of blue-chip assets at their disposal. And Dolphins fans probably will not like the prospect of trading picks to jump up and draft a quarterback. But to that, I say this, do you want a quarterback or not? Because if you were convinced the only acceptable outcome for the Dolphins this year was they had to lose out, they had to royally and historically suck and go 0-16 so that they could be that bad, I don't know what to tell you, okay? Because if you want your, to have your cake and eat it too, you probably should have stopped being a Dolphins fan a long time ago. Dolphins are always going to make it difficult. And I'm not going to get pissed off that Brian Flores has this team at 2-7, and seven, potentially looking at 4-12 and 12 or 5-11, and 11, with a team that clearly, before the beginning of the season, was the most talent-devoid roster in the NFL. So much so that people like Hall of Fame quarterback Steve Young were saying the Dolphins are a disgrace because the players they're putting on the field are so unfit to be on the field that they are a danger to themselves and other NFL players. They've won two in a row. They look good. They're playing hard. Nick Needham six weeks ago was a dumpster fire. Thought he played a great game against the Colts. We should be celebrating this kind of growth from the Miami Dolphins. Vince Beagle looks like a steal, guys. Jerome Baker's coming into his own, really starting to live up to the expectations that were thrust upon him over the course of the summer. Raquan McMillan, very clear that he's a gamer, one of the best defenders against the run. Christian Wilkins leads defensive tackles as rookies with 32. As a matter of fact, Christian Wilkins is one of the 
10 most productive defensive tackles from a tackle production standpoint in the NFL, regardless of how many years of tenure that they have. Devon Godshaw had a hell of a football game, continues to play great football. This is without Rashad Jones, who won't be on the team next year. Go ahead and lock it in. And it's without Xavier Howard, the team's best defender. The team looks good. And if you extrapolate since the bye week, the Dolphins' defense is averaging giving up 18.8 points per game. With this level of talent, they had Xavier Howard for one half against Pittsburgh. And we're going to get mad? That they look good? And Brian Flores is doing a strong job of coaching this team? I don't think so, man. Not with the amount of assets that this team has. The, the fact of the matter is when you start 0-7, Miami's ceiling is probably 5-11. Right? If Miami goes 5-4 and four in the second half of the year, that should be applauded. Because the Dolphins at 5-11 and 11 are picking no lower than 8th. And if you need to go from 8-2 to two or 8-3, to three, I've done the studies. I've done the research on what those trade packages look like. And the gloom and doom Dolphins uh, supporters or beat writers or whoever you listen to, they tell you, well, the Dolphins are going to have to trade all three of their first round picks, both of their second round picks, and maybe their second or, or first round pick next year. No. The Philadelphia Eagles traded up in 2016 with a quarterback needy team in the Cleveland Browns with the second overall pick. And they did it with their first round pick at eighth, their third round pick, their fourth round pick, 2017 first, and a 2018 second. If the Dolphins chose to do that exact same deal to any worst case scenario, trade from eight to two, the Dolphins will still have three first-round picks, two second-round picks, a fourth-round pick, a first-round pick in 2021, two second-round picks in 2021, and a first-round pick in 2022. Like, are we really going to wring our hands over that being a potential trade package? You could replace all of the picks you gave away on day two and early day three by trading back for in the late first into the early second, or taking your early two and moving back into the mid-round. You could snap your fingers and bring those picks back with the amount of ammunition the Dolphins have at their disposal if you've got to give up a plethora of picks. The one they would miss, of course, is the first-round pick next year, but they already have two. So no one cares. I, I don't care that they've won a couple games. Go win a couple more. Establish some momentum. Figure out who your building blocks are. Build around them. Develop them as football players. Establish good culture and chemistry on the team. Because as Chris Greer himself said, when the team traded Minka Fitzpatrick, and he was asked about the 2020 NFL Draft and what they hoped to do, Chris Greer said, we can do whatever we want. And he's right. So I understand, Dolphins fans, you've been preconditioned now and you've been preached to for months on end that there's a savior in Tua Tunga Viola. The Dolphins need to do 
all means possible to, to acquire him. And that includes losing every single game, being historically, you'd rather be the worst team in NFL history than win a couple games and not get to him. And that opens up a whole other box of worms that we need to talk to talk about. And, and that's actually Tua and his uh, forecast right now. What what his draft status looks like moving forward. And we are going to do that next on the show, but we are going to do that after I take a few moments and talk to you about our sponsors on today's episode of Fin It to Win It. Humans have been shaving for thousands of years, and the secret to a great shave hasn't really changed all that much. The ancient Greeks didn't need flex balls or heated handles, and neither do you. That's why Harry's doesn't overcharge you for all these gimmicks featured on their razors. Instead, they focus on what actually matters, sharp, durable blades at a fair price. Harry's is a return to the essential quality durable blades at a fair price at just $2 per blade. They've cut out the middleman manufacturing blades in their German blade factory that's been honing precision blades for a century, which means you get incredibly high quality braids at factory direct prices. Harry's is super convenient. Blade refills are delivered directly to your door on your schedule with or without a subscription, and there's no risk to you for trying them out. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Listeners of Finit to Win It can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to start shaving better today. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves for saying things like I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like I had a long day at work, or sorry honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about with a real doctor who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort of your own home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. All right, Kyle, talk to us about Tua. I hear you. We're going to do it right now. I have a growing belief in watching this college football season play out that Joe Burrow from LSU, not Tua Tunga Viola, will be the player that NFL teams are falling all over themselves for uh, when this process is all said and done by mid to late April. There's a couple of reasons behind this, and it has nothing really to do with Tua and his play relative to the uh, outburst we've seen from Joe Burrow. Uh, Burrow really taking steps forward in his second year at LSU, courtesy of uh, the Tigers adding former New Orleans Saints offensive assistant uh, Joe Brady to the the coaching staff, and he brought a lot of more advanced passing concepts to LSU, kind of got them out of the Stone Age, and Burrow has really taken off. If you're not familiar with Burrow, 
Uh, he's a prized Ohio recruit. Uh, he came to LSU from Ohio State. He was the backup at Ohio State for three years behind JT Barrett for his first two seasons at Ohio State. And then the Buckeyes chose to roll with Dwayne Haskins over Joe Burrow, despite a lot of reports suggesting that Joe Burrow outperformed Dwayne Haskins all throughout summer. And uh, when that decision was made, Burrow made the transfer to LSU, started last year, looked okay. I thought he was probably more of a late-round guy uh, based on his play last year, but this year has been phenomenal. He's a coach's kid. Uh, He checks a lot of the traditional boxes, like the dumb things that NFL teams talk themselves out of players for. Even though we've seen the NFL do less of that in recent years, right? With Baker Mayfield going uh, first overall at six feet tall, Kyler Murray going at sub six feet, um, Burrow is six foot four, and he's incredibly smart and sharp. And I think about the Cincinnati Bengals as the team that is probably going to end up being in the driver's seat because they are brutally bad and they've benched Andy Dalton and shelved AJ Green and. Like by all accounts, if there is a team that is tanking in the NFL right now that everybody needs to be pissed off about and up in arms and and conducting an investigation with the competition committee, go ahead and take a look at the Cincinnati Bengals right now. I'd encourage you to do so because I think you'll find a lot more egregious behavior uh, than what anything that we saw illustrated by the Miami Dolphins. But that's neither here nor there. Different story, different day. Got to stay focused. I think about who the Bengals have as their head coach, who's Zach Taylor, who who came to Cincinnati this year. He's a rookie head coach, and he was hired because of the affiliation and association that he had with Jared Goff and Sean McVay with the LA Rams. And I think about that style of offense, and I ask myself, out of all the quarterbacks, who's the most appealing fit with that kind of offense? And I think the answer is Joe Burrow. And then you consider Joe Burrow being a senior uh, is going to be eligible to participate in events such as the Senior Bowl, which uh, is an all-star event which collects all of the best senior talent from across the country or eligible talent, guys who who have earned their degrees and don't necessarily have to be seniors. And um, they have a week of practice. And then they have an all-star game, and nobody really cares about the game. The event is all about the practice and the interviews and getting to work hands-on with the players. And one of the luxuries of being a stinky team in the NFL is you're invited to be one of the coaching staffs as an NFL team that coaches one of the teams in the game. So the Dolphins and Bengals have a fairly strong chance at being the team's that are invited to serve as the coaching staffs and work hands-on with the players all week. And the Bengals would be very wise to jump on it and and work with Joe Burrow for a week. And I would be willing to bet if that materializes and the Bengals coaching staff ends up working with Burrow and they have him hands-on and they get that extra time with him, it's going to be hook, line, and sinker. They're going to fall in love with him. And that was some of the feedback that we got. We had Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Senior Bowl, on our draft show at the Draft Network in Tuscaloosa this past weekend. And he spoke about, I've gotten to know the guy personally. And I, I can tell you from experience, if you're not familiar, Jim Jim's was a scout with the Seahawks for almost a decade. Uh, the more NFL teams spend around the guy, Joe Burrow, the more they're going to want him to be their quarterback, was Nagy's exact quote. So, 
I think if you've married yourself to the idea that Tua is the savior of this franchise, that's great. We're probably still going to have a chance to get him. Because Cincinnati, I really feel like, will pair very well with Joe Burrow. And if the Bengals finish with the top pick, my money right now is that the Bengals would draft Joe Burrow to be their franchise quarterback. You extend beyond that. Well, two is a generational talent, so uh, then Washington will pass over Haskins. No, they won't. No, they won't. I should know better than than to say that because the draft, having worked it for six years now, uh, is an inexact science. It's extremely unpredictable. But it would be such a a trend breaker for the the Washington Redskins to punt on Dwayne Haskins because Haskins was hand-selected by Dan Snyder to be the quarterback for this team, even though the head coach at the time, Jake Gruden, didn't want him, came into the season with half a year of Dwayne Haskins, sitting on the bench because Jake Gruden said he wasn't ready to play, and then you've got an interim head coach who comes in, Haskins looked okay last week against Buffalo. Like, Dan Snyder is arguably the most egomaniacal owner in all of football. The fact that Bruce Allen still works for Dan Snyder and the fact that after all of of the the red marks that have come out about the Washington organization and about Bruce, uh, Bruce Allen, Snyder hasn't made a change... He doesn't care. Nobody knows better than Dan Snyder. And if you think Dan Snyder is going to bail on Dwayne Haskins, who he hand-selected to be the pick and strong-armed the selection to be made for anybody, I think you're nuts. I'd be stunned if it happened. And Washington has enough hope in Dwayne Haskins that Miami could prompt them off the spot. Perhaps Washington chooses to stay put and draft Chase Young. It's arguably what I would do. New York Giants are behind them as things sit right now at 2-8. and eight. They just drafted Daniel Jones, and Daniel Jones has, some, has had some turnover problems. But aside of that, he's moves the ball. He's looked arguably better than what I thought he would. Uh, I was not particularly fond of him. I thought he was probably a round two or round three caliber pick in a perfect world in a a vacuum. I think he had some potential as a starting quarterback, and and I think the Giants' style of offense lends itself quite well to his strengths, but I always think he's going to be a limited player. But the Giants have had success with him. They ain't going to pick him. Then you have the New York Jets at two and seven. They got Sam Darnold. If they have any brain in their head at all, they'll fire Adam Gase at the end of the year, if not beforehand, before Adam Gase ruins Sam Darnold altogether. The Atlanta Falcons were 2-7 and seven and had Matt Ryan with a veteran quarterback. It's a team in a winning window who needs desperately needs defense. And Matt Ryan's old, but he's not that old. He's not old enough that that Atlanta's going to move on from Matt Ryan with all of Matt Ryan's accolades, the offensive weaponry that they have. Do I need to keep going? I mean, I just went through the top six. Miami's not going to have challengers. They're going to have plenty of slots that they can trade up into, 
And ultimately, at the end of the day, nobody has more ammunition than the Dolphins. And because the Dolphins, I have a really hard time seeing them getting any higher than the eighth pick in the draft. They will be a more attractive team because they will be able to meet the offer of any other team that's interested in trading up into the top three for a quarterback. With better picks, and they can throw something in over the top, and nothing that they throw in over the top is going to cripple this team's ability to still rebuild the roster. So Tua Tunga Viola is absolutely, positively still on the table. The wins have done nothing to harm the future of the franchise. Arguably, I would turn around and say that they are more beneficial to the long-term future of this franchise because the players are buying in. You see it each week. And at the end of the day, you look at the rest of the schedule for the Dolphins. They're not more talented than the Buffalo Bills. They're not more talented than the Cleveland Browns. They're not more talented than the Philadelphia Eagles. They're not more talented than the New England Patriots. There's four games right there that the Dolphins clearly have a talent deficiency in and should lose those football games. They have, in my opinion, three winnable games left on the schedule between the Jets, the Giants, and the Bengals. So what if they go 5-11? and 11? If you asked me before the season, back in July, when we were talking about the prospect of a quarterback in 2020 and what the Dolphins had to do, I would have said the handful of wins is not worth it. The handful of wins that you will experience as a fan is not worth the long-term cost of moving yourselves out of position. But the Dolphins are in position because of the moves and decisions that they've made to trade Minka Fitzpatrick and trade Laramie Tunsil. That's why these deals, in hindsight, give the Dolphins luxury. The Dolphins are the most luxurious 2-7 and seven football team without a quarterback for 20 years you will ever find. Because they're in the driver's seat. And as Chris Greer said, we can do whatever we want. Just remember that. And try and enjoy the rest of the ride. Because, you know, at the end of the day, we're all fans of this team because we want it to be successful. We all love this team. And we choose to do so in different ways. And we all have different ideas of what that looks like. And at the end of the day, It doesn't matter what it looks like as long as it gets done. And I'm here to tell those of you whose vision of what a successful 2019 season looked like for the Dolphins that didn't involve a bunch of wins. I say a bunch. We've got two. We might get five. This is still a successful season. This will still be a successful offseason. Because of everything the Dolphins have done to position themselves to make the moves they need and be aggressive in doing so. We should applaud the progress. We should applaud the aggressiveness yet to come. I'm looking forward to it, and I hope you are too. I want to thank you guys for listening to this week's edition of Fin It to Win It. Come back and see us again next week. Hit subscribe. Maybe we'll get a win. I doubt we'll get a win against the Buffalo Bills, but we'll continue to talk about the Dolphins and their future next week on Fin It to Win It.
Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Root Metrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.